Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I'm joined, as always, by the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Kornock, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, fam? What's up? How y'all doing? Hello. Hey, what's up, everybody? How did I end up being the most energy in that one? I know, right? It's it's <laughs> twenty twenty is just continuing to wear on us all. I think that's that's usually how it goes. Although, Caroline, you usually kind of bring the energy in most ways when you start off this podcast. I started off by just giving the general boilerplate, but really, it's that first hello that really sets the tone for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, but my hello wasn't as hello as normal, and so that means I, I expected some support. Hmm, that's oh. But it I, set the tone from everyone else, and they just went lower. I don't know if you know this, but I put as much energy as I possibly could into that hello. <laughs> he really exerted so much on that one. Not the keyword exert, just you, just actually exerting yeah. into that one. Actually, now I'm just tapped, so um, I think that's it. I'm done. <laughs> you know, next time I'll have to either like start this off the most energetic way possible or the least energetic way possible. Either make you all just pick up the energy or just see if it drops off. You know, just start things off and just... Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fam Friends. It'll be like it'll be like watching like three o'clock, listening to three o'clock in the morning public radio. It's time Ooh. for the fun drive here at Swigoy's Fam Podcast. We're going to be starting off a few things later on. That's what we'll be doing for our Magic Podcast. I feel like three people got that joke. I think they probably did, and, and all three of them were you. Yeah, it's true. Which is you know about par for the course with some of the inside references that we have for this podcast. But if we aren't making inside jokes that only a handful of people will recognize, we are always trying to play the game of Magic the Gathering. So I always want to know how our week in Magic has been. And so how was our week in Magic? Conor let's start with you. Yeah, uh, week in Magic has been interesting. Um, spent more time trying to figure out why I can't do Arena. I just like can't get it to like work for me, um, like not wanting to play and stuff like that. So kind of restructured my relationship with it and yeah i don't know I, I like was watching one of my friends play a little bit of moto and stuff and i was like man i miss moto uh so i'm gonna try to play some tournaments on there and see see where that takes me uh played a tournament today on moto and it was great it felt awesome felt like every match was important uh which i feel like i could play a hundred matches on arena and none of them feel interesting or important to me just having the tournament structure i think is something that i really miss man i really need to like I have a Magic Online account. I have opened it. I have played a few, like, practice, like, new person events. And I'm sure that once I get the hang of everything, it, it would be a, a more <laughs> enjoyable experience. But right now, it's like it's like playing Magic Excel. Like, that's oh, kind that, of the Oh, that's connection. literally what it is. Yeah. It, it's magic. Like, it's magic if nothing ever gets done for you. You just do everything. You have to tell it to do everything, and it'll let you do anything and, until it doesn't. You know? So... <laughs> It's a, it, I love it, but yeah, it's not for everyone. That's See, fine. <laughs> that's, maybe I'll add that to my, what am I doing to get better at the game this week? Learn how to play spreadsheet magic. Like that's the key thing. <laughs> yeah. Sean, how about you? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I haven't really been playing too much constructed magic, but I did do hella vintage cubes. Eric was in one with me and that was a lot of fun. Um, been helping Nick, who is qualified for the Mox, Test Modern. Uh, him, Eric, and I and have been all hanging out and playing modern pretty much every day. So just still kind of tag-teaming it with Nick, trying to get him ready for the mocks. But other than Vintage Cube, not really much magic going on myself. But I'm having fun just, like, giving advice to Nick and trying to, like, 
through telekinesis send Nick all of my modern information that like over the years of playing I've learned that like don't seem super apparent right off the bat like some of your fetch lands are just more important than your other ones and stuff like that like just trying to transfer all that information over to him as quickly as possible to get him ready for the mocks. I love that part of it. Sometimes when you're interacting with someone who has a lot of experience in, in any game, really, but specifically with Magic the Gathering, it's it's ways in which you can communicate those minute details that you wouldn't otherwise know unless you experience them, right? Like, that's something that uh, I always find really cool. With the Vintage Cube, what was what was a, a a deck that you made up or what was something that a couple of picks that you made that you were like, this, this is fun. I like what I'm doing here. I mean, Eric and I, we had a pretty sweet one yesterday where uh, I don't remember what we took pack one, pick one, Eric. Do you remember? Pack one, pick one. Yeah, I do. I do remember. You were like, you're like, oh, should it be this card or should it be this card? Or how about, wait, is that a mana vault? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like reading the cards left to right and like the seventh or eighth card over. I don't remember if it had an art on it or not, but it took me a second to realize it was mana vault. And I was like, oh, well. I guess we should probably take that one. <laughs> literally, the same thing happens in, like, pack two, pick one. And I'm, like, reading the cards in the middle of the pack, and I'm like, man, should I, like, take Eternal Witness or blah, blah, blah? And Eric's like, no, take Black Lotus. And I'm like, oh, I guess there's a Black Lotus. In my <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so our deck, our deck had Black Lotus, so that was pretty exciting. We had this sweet artifact blue deck. That unfortunately O-tuned, but <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That seems like an interaction that is specific to just like, to Moto just laying out the cards in front of you, as opposed to you opening a pack and go through it. Because something tells me, if you went through each card one by one, you wouldn't have missed that minute detail of having yeah. a Black Lotus on your, on your side. Yeah, it's funny, because there's also things like, out of the 15 card pack, like seven of them don't have arts on them for some reason, or like, their new arts, like Dig Through Time has a brand new art that I've like, only ever seen on moto so it takes me a second to like read the card or just like you know it's a lot of fun there's a lot to think about but yeah our deck was looking pretty sweet also <laughs> like the the cards can i i think i'm not 100 certain on this but they can show up in any spot yeah so, like exactly. when, you, when you open a pack even on arena or even on magic online on a normal thing it's like the rare is here yeah uh, you know i think the uh power is coded to a certain spot is, is it? it okay? Okay, well, maybe. I'll say it this way: I've only ever seen a black lotus like up top, top left, like almost hundred. Our fair. black lotus was card one in yeah. the packs. So it's possible that's where it always is. I don't know. Yeah, I just remember like seeing Eternal Witness and like, you know, brain. I think I was like, oh man, maybe this brainstorm's pretty good. <laughs> and Eric's like, no, take the black lotus. So it's like, oh, yeah. okay. I know, I know for sure, Mana Vault was like card number seven, but it, it that is not power right, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> i would have i would have continued on from there and just been like oh take the black clothes i would have been like why it costs zero yeah, yeah. What is, is that even good it doesn't give you mana past just once you have to sacrifice it why would i do yeah. that he didn't even want to take lion's eye diamond it's the same thing as black lotus so. yeah, same exact word Jeez. well when you're not passing over black lotuses for the real top pro plays uh, that's that's always a good thing to know in your vintage cubes. I also want to know how Caroline's Week in Magic was. Oh, my Week in Magic was fun. I did, on Saturday, I did an uh, invite tournament called the Fade to Karma Invitational. Um, started off 3-0, and then the wheel sort of fell off a little bit. I played against Andre Stratsky in round four, um, and he trash-talked me enough that I felt bad and conceded. 
it's not actually what happened, but that's the story I'm going to tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we were in a group chat together and he was just trash talking me. There was, there was one time when he said, oops, in the game. And he, he said that he was reading the group chat while playing the game. And that's why he made a mistake. <laughs> so <laughs> I did feel a little bit better about that. I was like, haha, sucker. <laughs> um, and then I lost. So the first four rounds of my tournament, I played against normal, like, standard decks, let's say, uh, like rogues and um, gruel and such. And then round five and six, I played against a Demir control deck. Like, um, what do they call the ideas when you, like, build a, a deck from your box of cards? Trade binder? Like, yeah, like a trade binder deck. Yeah. And then I played against the Obosh teamer deck. And both players beat me and proceeded to top four of the tournament. So my actually my three opponents were the three of the four top four. So I felt that that was, you know, at least a little bit of a nod to the fact that they, they beat me and did well. So that's good. Um, and then on Saturday, I lost power. I lost internet, not power. I lost internet for seven hours, which is really an a, unreal experience if you think about it. Like, I just didn't know what to do with my life. <laughs> um, I ended up like, unplugging my desktop and changed all the cords and added like these little cord management little zipper jacket things and I like spent all this time offline like doing all this other stuff that I hadn't done in a while so um it was weird but but nice and then on Sunday I was casting a modern tournament uh the NRG series which was super fun we got to see some really crazy decks and some pretty normal decks there was a blue red kiki jiki deck just so you know it was pretty fun um, and then, yeah, that was pretty much my weekend. I love that. I, I, it's, it's weird when your internet goes out and your first nod is to check the internet for what went wrong. It's like internet <laughs> goes out. It's like, wait, is my internet out? Wait, is everyone's internet out? Hold on. Let me check Twitter. No, I can't check Twitter. Uh, let me check my, no, I can't. Oh, I have to use my phone for this. Like, what do I, and then if that doesn't work, like you just look around going, what is life? I've forgotten what this was like. Well, the crazy part was that the we did eventually get on, you know, contact with someone from the company, and they kept saying, "Well, first they kept saying it was our end, so like unplug this, unplug that, etc." But then we found out, which is kind of funny how we found out, our we share a wall with our landlord, and while we were on the text, like we were doing the the text chat with our internet company, we could hear I I heard the hold music for our internet company's like phone line, and I was like. I was like, Steve, I think our landlord's also calling about the internet. And so we like went up to the door and like, you can like hear like their kitchen. And so we could hear her like talking to the, to our internet company. And so then we text her, we're like, is your internet out too? And that's how we, you know, figured out that it was an actual issue and not some sort of hardware, you know, something hinky, like it was an outage it ended up being, but it was very funny that I just like could hear the hold music through the wall. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> something's going on so let me ask you this would you rather have no internet or slow enough internet where you can't really do anything with it except watch like 240p youtube videos i mean i guess slow internet because that's sort of what i had like i uh, live in, in sort of a dead zone of my cell network like i get good cell service outside of my house but inside my room i tend to get pretty bad service so it's sort of what i was doing like even <laughs> with phone internet it was still pretty awful I'm just, sure. I'm thinking about like the automated phone systems you go through to check if your internet's out with like your cable company and things like that. That just seems like what the like go to, if you needed to register a deck for like a, a moto event or something like that, instead of registering it through there, you have like an automated phone system. 
You just go through <laughs> and being like, if you would like to enter in your your deck, please say it now. And you run down your deck list. You've entered Grixis Control. If this is correct, say one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was going to talk about this. I know what you're thinking, Caroline. <laughs> okay. So I raised a hand when you were talking for two reasons. One, you mentioned Trade Binder. And as soon as you said Trade Binder, all I could think of was any deck Brasky has played in the last two years could be classified as Grixis Trade Binder. And on top of that, uh, Mike Brill, who's a member of our team, was playing for Mythic this week, not once but twice, as I believe Blue-White Auras, against, drumroll, Grixis Tradebinder, and lost the first time, and Caroline and I put him on blast. (laughs) I basically have it set up in Discord where it's like a push notification anytime someone types in the word Grixis into our into our chat. So when that happens, he's like, oh, I lost a Grixis pile. And I just show up going, go on. Yeah. Yes. And? <laughs> How does that make you feel? Well, I told him that he lost his ability, like his magic card, his like license, and that to get it back, he had to go to a Brasky seminar and then play a match against Brasky. Yeah. That's true. And that seminar, man, I mean... It's seven hours long. The catering's terrible. That is a long time. Yeah, it's it's at one of those really like shoddy convention centers. I mean, it's really not up to up to snuff of what people would expect. But I tell you, you'll learn everything you need to know about Grix's pile. Uh, is that like a timeshare location? Like that's mm-hmm. how oh. is, Yeah, or? it's at you know, it's it's in Yankton, South Dakota. <laughs> that's where it's at. I actually purchased an everything you need to know guide about Grixis a couple months ago from like a tv ad um i have it right here if, if the viewers want to see yeah absolutely of course our audio only viewers of a trash can oh. <laughs> it is simply a piece of paper that says nothing that's very <laughs> that is some top-notch top-notch podcast content right there i was now, going to add to it saying yes well really the guide to grixis is more of a pamphlet it's like a one sheet <laughs> and all it says is nope <laughs> I, I thought it was just a picture of nickel bolas well, I was just hoping that you would ask me why I had a piece of paper that said the word nothing on my desk. Well, I thought you made it up in the amount of time it took us to do this joke. No, if you did, had this I previously. Did. No, I didn't. Okay. I was like, Caroline always just happens to have a piece of paper that says the word nothing on it for moments just like this. Well, Speaking of nothing uh, and going to nothing, my week in magic was uh, was fun. You know, I haven't had a chance to really dig into Kaladesh Remastered, but I did over the weekend get a chance to play a couple of commander games over spell table. And, you know... Commander has that rule zero, right? And that is some of the social contract stuff, which usually involves certain rules. Like, oh, maybe most people don't usually like mass land destruction. And uh, I try to adhere to that rule. I don't want to destroy everyone's lands and start a game over that's already been going for an hour and make a start from square zero. But I did have a very interesting interaction that I put into our uh, friends chat of uh, the Magic the Gathering, which was I was playing a cycling deck with Gavi Nest Warden, and someone else was playing a Tuvasa the Sunlit deck, which which is all about enchantments and auras and all that good stuff. And this person kept targeting me and hitting me with their commander, and I told them, please don't do that because this is not going to end up well for anybody. And then they ended up playing a card called Enchanted Evening, which made all permanence enchantments. That's lands, that's everything. And I have a card that when you cycle it, it's called Dismantling Wave, destroys all artifacts and enchantments in play. And because it's cycling, it's an activated or triggered ability and not a spell you can really counter. So this person put 
that card onto the battlefield, attacked me, and I said, please don't do this. It's not going to be good for anyone. They said, nope, coming right at you. I cycled that card. I destroyed everyone's board. No lands, no creatures, no artifacts, nothing. And literally, it was the most deflating, but also kind of hilarious feeling of everyone going, okay, so four-way draw? Yep, four-way draw. Cool. Awesome. We'll see you guys later. Nice playing with you. We'll move on from there. It wasn't like a, how dare you? How could you do that? It was a, no, he clearly warned everyone that this was about to happen and it happened and boy we're glad that that happened but i'm not playing any more of this game we'll see you later brasky have you ever uh do you know the card second sunrise is yes uh, is second sunrise in your colors for your commander uh, what, uh i'm trying to think off the top of my head it's so second sunrise that's mirrored in right it's a white card yeah then yeah i play jeskai yeah so if you cast Dism cycle dismantling wave does second sunrise bring all permanents or is it non-land permanents back into play I mean, each player for all that thing and that life we're putting. To... Yeah, no, that would that would bring them all back into play. Is it just yours or everyone's? I can't remember. Uh, that would be each player. Okay, there's one that's one side. Is it open the vaults? Maybe something like that. Yeah, but that is a great idea. Yeah. Next next time I'll have to uh, next time I'll have to do that just to like make everyone freak out for a moment that all of their sh is gone and then yeah. it all comes back within a few seconds. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. All of their Oko is gone. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I need to find that audio clip of Oko and bring that back into the bring that back into the mix for all of the swearing that we've really kind of mellowed out on the swearing. I'm proud of everybody for not uh, throwing all those curse words out there. So before we uh, move on to whether or not we are going to do some curse words, there's a whole lot of competitive magic to talk about, which is actually a little bit. We like to give our news to run down all the things in the upcoming week of competitive magic. And with that, we're going to go to Brasky. Thanks, Brasky. No problem, Brasky. Going back on to you. Do, 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 do. What's coming up in the world of magic? Well, to start off with, really, all we really know that's coming up is a couple of events, including SEG Tour Online Satellites. There's going to be eight of them happening on Friday and Saturday of this upcoming week. And when I say upcoming week, that means the 20th and 21st of November. Uh, you can, of course, check out all those things at StarCityGames.com. And that all leads up to Sunday, which is the uh, Star City Games Tour 5K Championship Qualifier, uh, which happens on that Sunday as well. If you aren't interested in that and you want to build some crazy and wacky decks, the Mythic Society is hosting their monthly set roulette on Sunday as well. Of course, that is Sunday the 22nd. And the legal sets for that are Dominaria, Champions of Kamigawa, Magic 2014, New Phyrexia, Morning Tide, and Aether Revolt. Now, there are a couple of interactions or a couple of combos or things that people have been talking about with that that inclusion of sets there. Is there anything that stands out to folks of like, oh, that might be broken as all hell? I mean, nope, Eric already talked. Kiki, Jiki, and Birthing have broken anything ever before, so... Uh, I guess there's cards, there's multiple banned cards, right? Because Birthing Pod is in Mirrodin, right? Yeah, or, New Phyrexia, uh, the set might be banned. And then um, <laughs> yeah. Felidar Guardian is in Aether Revolt. Aether Revolt, right? yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple banned cards. Don't play one drops, they'll just get mental misstepped. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Also, Gitaxian Probe is not legal because that's got that's got. Oh, that was also yeah. a banned card too. Yeah. yeah, is a banned card, I should say. Classic. We could play Gut Shot again. Woo. Ooh, just think about this though, right? Sensei's Divining Top is legal, so you could just take as much time doing whatever you want. Yeah, just, just take an hour, you know, and just be like, your turn. You're like, hold on, I'm still doing stuff. But yeah. I got I got more things to do. I got to spin. I got to spin. <laughs> I practice. Uh, I practiced. 
my gameplay with Sensei's Dividing Top. Not that I actually used the card. I just waited for anyone I was with to say something, and then I just followed that up with, okay, I'm going to top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you freaking would. <laughs> I, I would, and uh, after you said that, I'm going to top. <laughs> and then just keep going. That's all That's all I'm going to do, left to right. <laughs> top to bottom, up, down. That's what top does. And when you, if you, so you can check that out, of course, at Mythic Society. You can find that on MTG Melee, uh, which is just, uh, just search for the Mythic Society. Really just Google the Mythic Society. I'm pretty sure the MTG Melee page is the first thing that comes up uh, when you do that. And then, uh, of course, this past week, we uh, looked at some competitive magic, which wasn't on Magic the Gathering Arena. My goodness, what was that? Well, of course, in the year of 2020, because right is wrong, up is down, left is right, everything else that goes along with it. Of course, we would have the Magic Online Championship Series of 2019 in November of 2020, which uh, which culminated in uh, Michael Jacob taking first place in that event. Um, but Caroline, there was there was an interesting thing that happened around round six uh, of of the MOCS 2019. What what all was the rundown? What happened on that? Uh, yeah, so there was a match between uh, the eventual winner, Michael Jacob, um, and eventual top four competitor, uh, Oliver Two. They were playing a round of Modern. Just to give a quick summary, Michael, or who I'll probably say MJ, MJ's list was a green-white infinite combo with evolving around Heliod, um, the three-mana enchantment creature friend. And the, his deck can do many things, and one of the things it does well is gain infinite life with Spike Feeder. Then he was playing against Oliver, who was playing this Omnath Pile deck um, that can also do many things, uh, including making land or zombies with Feel of the Dead and potentially killing your opponent by looping Cryptic Command with what's the name of the the blue Mystic land? Sanctuary. Mystic Sanctuary. So that, those kind of are the key parts of the story. Basically, at some point of game one, Michael Jacob said, "Here is my infinite combo. It's Spike Feeder and Heliod or something, whatever." I think there's three cards, but he did the thing. And he says, I now have infinite life. And he actually, this is all digital, so he's not speaking to his opponent. But we were told from the caster's point of view that there was a conversation in a little chat box between MJ and Oliver that there was a statement of, yes, you have infinite life. And there was the request to say, you know, don't kill me with regular damage and we'll keep playing. So Oliver agreed to an agreement where he would not attack um, MJ's life total down using damage, but he would kill him in another way, in this case, um, looping Cryptic Command until um, MJ ran out of cards. Uh, so that was kind of all agreed upon in game one, according to the casters. The casters, again, are the ones telling us, the viewers, we don't really know what's actually being said. We just know that, that is the message that is reaching us. Uh, that happens in game one. Um, Oliver plays on for a long time, after MJ is at infinite life in quotations, and eventually does concede. In game two, he uh, Oliver wins game two, and so they go to game three. It is important to note in game one, Oliver did have an infinite amount of zombies, like a ton, a ton of, of two two zombies, and he did not attack with them. The only creature that he attacked with in game one was an Uro, that was to draw a card. Uh, in game three, the same scenario evolves. The casters again tell the players that MJ is at infinite life, though infinite at this case was really only about 63 life or so. And Oliver was attacking with just Uro and not zombies that were in play. However, the biggest change between game one and game three is Oliver's time on the clock. They're playing with 40 minute time clocks, not 25 minutes, but 
Um, at this point, Oliver was down to under five minutes. And, and as the story develops, actually under two minutes. Um, at about the two minute mark, Cedric, the commentator is doing the same thing that he's done kind of every attack step is, this is what's happening. They are not attacking. They have an agreement. And as he says that, Oliver attacks with his own piece. This happens for two more turns and Michael Jacob dies. There is kind of a confusion amongst both the casters and the viewers and everyone's and group chats and discords alike. And everyone's like, what the heck just happened? That's kind of what we as a viewer saw. There was then it kind of moved over to Twitter where it was sort of dealt with back and forth between some tweets. Uh, Michael Jacob tweeted something. Oliver initially tweeted some like, this is why I did this thing. And then uh, actually shortly after he tweeted an apology. And actually this is the interesting part. And this is the thing I think we'll discuss is he actually admitted he was wrong, admitted he shouldn't do that and appealed to the judge. This was after the next round had already started or even maybe finished. (laughs) He appealed to the judge and said, I would like to concede to MJ in that spot. And I would like the the match reversed, which we can agree it's not a common thing if anything has ever happened before. So that's sort of the, the story. Uh, it did end up making it so that Oliver did concede, did not win that round. And Michael Jacob did a later apologize for asking in the first place. So that's kind of the tension. Like Oliver did something not great, but you know, should MJ have asked at all for this agreement? Like at a 50, you know, thousand dollar tournament in the first place so there was like kind of the tension and then the actual reversing of a decision so there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack with that that i'm just i'm also interested to gain like also perspective as well of one the changing of a match result after the fact in that way but also like the breaking of a we'll call it a social contract uh in terms of what's happening in a game uh it seemed like there were a lot of unique circumstances, but in some situations, circumstances that maybe have come up in the past, maybe they were dealt with differently or the results of them uh, came about differently. But I'm interested to, to gain uh, another, like, y'all's perspective as well over your thoughts about how it played out, but also, you know, uh, experiences that you might have had of like, oh, well, a match result got changed or didn't get changed or anything else that happened if you had a social contract with a player after a demonstration of a loop and then it turned out differently, like anything else like that. I mean, I, I'll, I'll take the reins on this one a little bit here. I think that this is a little bit of column A, column B issue here. I think a lot of it is, I think, first of all, we have to look at it from <laughs> this just being a programming issue. Why does a social contract need to be get involved at all? Obviously, Moto is an archaic program. Unfortunately, the whole infinite life thing is just a part of magic. There is multiple ways to gain infinite life, deal infinite damage. And throughout history on Moto, this has always been an issue. I've personally been on the, I need to click 84 times to deal 21 damage to my opponent playing, you know, devoted druid combo. This is an unfortunate part about playing these kinds of decks. Unfortunately, gaining life is a much taller task because I only need to deal... 22 points of damage at most probably when there's a possibility my opponent's able to deal me thousands of damage over a couple turns so unfortunately this is like partly arena's fault or not arena moto's fault and i i wish michael jake it's unfortunate that michael jacobs was put in this situation at all because if moto just had a button i was like hey you use these same clicks three times now. Would you like to just set your life total to a certain number? Then it wouldn't be an issue. You want to have Clippy in Moto? It's just, yeah. hey, I noticed you pressed these three things. Need some help? And it just it executes it for you, like a macro. 
yeah. I, I want to just add an asterisk that Michael Jake MJ was free to work under the same assumptions that everyone else worked under, which is that these are not the decks you should bring to a tournament like this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and I, I definitely think... agree with you, Caroline, that like okay. playing this deck, like, there it's is not a... like he discovered it after he showed it. Right, 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 right. There is a risk. Like, I've been told, like, if you want to play this deck, click faster. Like, know that you can yield certain triggers and stuff like that. There is that aspect. I agree with you on some aspects of that, Caroline. It, 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 it maybe needs to come into your mind when considering a deck that, like, hey, Moto doesn't let you go to infinite life. Maybe you shouldn't play a deck that needs you to go to infinite life, that kind of thing. Um, it's just unfortunate that Moto just can't handle that and that these situations come up. Like I said, I've been on the part where, like, I have uh, Devoted Druid and Vizier of Remedies in play, which is infinite green mana. And I have a Walking Ballista that I Eladomri's called for. And you can see it in chat that I now have the Walking Ballista in my hand. And my opponent's playing a, a red deck, so I don't have any counter spells. And I'm just, like, sitting there clicking, you know, clicking over and over again to try to get to 40 mana to kill them. And it's just like, it's totally my opponent's right to make me do that, to burn my clock. It's it's kind of unfortunate that we have to do that, but I think it's just the burden of playing those kinds of decks that you have to deal with. I think it, I, I, I got to experience the... It, well, I get, you make a great point of that. This is something. Do you bring this to a tournament in that way, trying to? Because then you have to utilize being like, "Hey, I can do this over and over and over again." And someone be like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to make you do it because of times yeah. and all that kind of stuff." I experienced that when I, in the very early days of me playing Magic: The Gathering in Arena when it first came out, and Nexus of Fate was a thing, especially in Best of One before that was banned out. Before I realized that the timer was a thing, and I just kept looping and looping and looping and looping and looping, trying to draw like my opponent down and mill them out, and then at a random point, my face exploded, and I went, "Wait, what happened? Oh, I ran out of time. Aww. I should probably think about that the next time I try to infinite loop with Nexus of Fate." <laughs> is that something that like is a legitimate thing that you have to be that you have to be mindful of because you might run into a situation of an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object of someone that can deal infinite damage or in this case make infinite zombies against someone who can make inf you know gain infinite life is that are there no draws in that way or is it just comes down to who runs out of time uh as the dinosaur of the podcast tell me I why tell dino. You, i will tell you that yes uh the there's been an argument or an argument on on forever about when you should concede and all this stuff but if you don't get into any of that type of stuff Basically, you have X amount of time in the... I know that in the mocks, they got extra time. But normally, you have 25 minutes on your clock when you when you play a tournament game of Magic Online. And if you don't kill your opponent, uh, you know, twice in 25 minutes, you lose. And that's just the way it is. Like, you could, you could have won game one and basically be winning game two. You could literally be attacking with all of your creatures, but damage hasn't resolved yet. And if it, if that twenty five time or minute timer hit zero, you lost the match, and that's just the way that moto is. Is that is that just something that needs to be mindful of as well when you make decks? Because it seems like it seems like MJ's deck is right up my alley. And the fact that well, it's not that I win; I just don't lose, and that can can sometimes make some issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely gotta you gotta try to win the game. And his deck does win the game. It can yeah. it can it can obviously win the game. This is just like one of the parts of the combo. The other part of the combo is like is basically what Sean was talking about with making a giant walking blow. So in this case, not giant. It it gains it gains lifelink and then it pings your opponent and gets a counter on it because of Heliod and stuff. So it just like but it's like you have to go click my walking ballista, click you, 
and then it, it that resolves, and then I have to click the walking ballista again to put the counter on it. Then I have to click the walking ballista again to shoot you, and then I have to click again and then click again. So it's like, you know, you get a ton of clicks. You have to click twice and click OK and or you know press the button that means okay a bunch of times and, and even, on, even time. on top of all that you have to make sure you don't click your walking ballista out of order before <laughs> yeah. you click on them to remove the last counter of your walking ballista and accidentally kill it this just seems <laughs> like this just seems like the dovin dmv situation all over again fill out form 7248a fill that go to this line put in that spot i i think if anything from from this event and from that situation if anything that there's anything to learn from at least from a very new player's perspective like myself is that it's a cautionary tale it's a cautionary tale about learn knowing the types of decks you bring the types of situations you could end up in and only knowing that the only thing you're guaranteed is what's in the confines of the rules of the game itself not extra rules that you make outside of the game and things of that nature you always have to be mindful of and prepared for what's going to happen with the deck that you bring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I then, think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And, and I will say that I, I we kind of talked about it slightly before the podcast, and we talked, like, you know, Caroline touched on it uh, when she was explaining what happened. Um, outside of, like, different, like, when somebody, like, I, I brought up an example when uh, of a PTQ locally here that somebody won and then later was banned um, because they found out that they, uh, Watsi had found out that they cheated. They gave the second place person an invite, right? Outside of an example like that, I don't think that this is like the only time I've ever heard of them actually changing a match inside of a tournament because the player wanted to give the win to somebody else. You know, there's definitely been, you know, correcting a mistake or something like that, but definitely uh, this is the first time I've ever been like, oh, well, you know, I feel bad. I'm going to concede. Uh, can you change the result and that type of stuff? So it's definitely I, interesting. I wonder if this paper, or I wonder if this tournament was played on paper, if the same situation would have came up. If well, it wasn't a chess clock, if it was just an hour and 20 minutes. It wouldn't have come up at all because make like MJ could just have said, I make, I gain infinite yeah. life. I'm at 1 million life. Like, yeah. yeah. They would, just, they'd be like, you have to pick a number and he'd be like 2 billion. Four hundred eighty-six million. A Googleplex, because I haven't used a Googleplex since I was in elementary school. Because that's how us. How much damage do you deal? I deal a Googleplex amount of damage. Yeah, and well, it's like I mean, as many you know zombies as as uh, Oliver could make. You can't make you know a Googleplex amount or half a Googleplex or whatever, right? So, it, like that's not possible. See, so. that's that's what this match should have come down to. Is each player writes a number on a piece of paper face down <laughs> and then you flip it over and whoever and a not a non-infinity number that you can only fit onto one post-it <laughs> and at the end you flip it over and whoever has the higher amount whether it be zombies or life wins that's what this <laughs> if next the next brasky run magic online tournament uh that's that's what's going to happen on that one Nice. Um, I believe there, there is actually a combination of cards that puts you into a situation like that, but unfortunately I don't remember them. So if you want to know the combination of cards where one player can gain infinite life and the other player can also do infinite damage, there's Sam Party has always said there's like a way where you would write down on a piece of paper for 60 seconds until you make the biggest number and then show your opponent. <laughs> so feel free to tweet at him and ask. There's what a there's a new card that's, I think, out of Commander Legends, where it's like, literally what Brasky said, it's like, everyone writes down a number in secret, 
and then they reveal them all at the same time, and then whoever has the highest number, like, they take that much damage and draw that many cards or something like that. Like, <laughs> That's an actual card? Yeah, yes, it, it, it's, it's a, it's basically like a a weird Wheel of Fortune type deck. Is it actually, it might be Wheel of Misfortune. Yeah, it's Wheel of yeah. Misfortune is what it's called. So everyone, yeah, everyone writes a number, and once you, like, put that number down, it's like, uh, I, oh, there it is. Okay, so each each player secretly chooses a number, then you reveal those numbers. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the greatest number chosen to the players that chose that number. Then each player who didn't choose the minimum number discards their hand and draws seven cards. What a cool card. <laughs> it's a real funky card that I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on because it's red and I play Jeskai. So that is something to know about. But, uh, boy, you know, if – well, and now guess what? That card – is now legal in eternal formats, I believe. Whoa. Yeah. So that's in legacy, but yeah. In legacy, gotcha. Yeah. Is it legal in vintage? Yes. Okay. Right, but not modern. Legacy not back. Modern. All right. So let's let's look into how we're gonna uh, implement that into legacy, which will be the topic of the next seven podcasts, I believe. All about Wheel of Misfortune. That's all that's gonna happen. But before we get to those podcasts, we also need to discuss another set that came out, uh, digital into Magic Arena, and that of course is Kaladesh Remastered, which has provided some shakeups and some changes to the historic format and historic really i like it you know it, it standards in a good place you know especially with with omnath with omnath uh gone and, and finito from there and you know pe people say like yeah standards good but it's standard like it, they also want to try out other ways to play magic and since most people right now are playing arena they are commenting on how much they enjoy historic in a lot of ways and when you have a huge influx of cards not an aether flux but an influx of cards then that's what kaladesh remastered has brought to the historic format which is what we want to talk about going into like say you were going into a competitive event this weekend and you were going to bring one historic deck what would you bring and why that's kind of uh, where we want to have the jumping off point uh, on this point right here. Hold on. Before we get started on this, you said influx of cards, and there literally could have been like multiple Aether works of jokes or uh, Aether, Aether works Marvel, Aether flux reservoir. You could have had so many jokes there, Brad. Hence why I said not an Aether flux, but an influx. <laughs> all right, that's what I threw out there. All right, that just all that does is establish that I at least know somewhat of what I'm talking about because sometimes it's kind of dicey whether or not Brasky is aware of what he's talking about. <laughs> but I right. do want to know if you're going to bring one deck to a competitive event this weekend, what is that deck and why? Caroline, let's start with you. Sweet. So I have no idea. <laughs> Just kidding. My original, you know, I haven't played Historic in a long time since the summer. Um, and I really, I like the, I liked the Mono Black Godfrey's gift deck. They're, you know, just general goblins was super fun. And I just don't know, like, how much Kaladesh will make, will mess up or mix with uh, Historic. So I did try the, the classic Marvel lists. And unfortunately, they just don't seem to be that good. Just kind of surprising. But here we are. So... My answer to the question is Mono Red Aggro. <laughs> it hasn't changed a ton since uh, Amonkhet, but even during Amonkhet, it didn't really see a lot of play. So, like when Hazaret came and other versions of the card, or other additions to the deck, like Earthshaker Kenra, those were all additions and they didn't really affect the deck that much. In fact, people didn't even seem to be playing them. Um, but now that Kaladesh is here, you see Bulmat Courier and Kari Zev, and I think those are the two biggest additions to the deck and then adding of course Chandra Torture Defiance but that spot that four mana five mana spot is 
potentially debatable depending on the format. So, you know, um, glory bringer is also something you could have in there. You could go bigger and have more Chandra's and more glory bringers or go smaller and have less. So there's definitely spots to, to grow, but that's sort of where I'm starting at the moment. And this is only just because I just really don't know what historic looks like right now. And generally my approach to a format when I don't know what it looks like is to play the aggressive decks. One, because I like aggressive decks. And two, you get through more games so then you can figure out the format faster. <laughs> oh, and Burning Tree. Sorry. It was banned for a while. So it's off the bench. Because it was the Let's most go. broken card in historic history. It was Burning Tree Emissary. I mean, it was banned when it was banned. Everyone was clamoring for it to be banned. And okay, now for okay. some reason it's legal. Here's my theory. Okay. We all know that Brasky has a poster. It might just actually just be like like a painting, I'm not sure, but just of Nicol Bolas in his bedroom. Right? Okay, you fat say, head, you say, yeah, okay, some yeah. say fat head, some say poster, I call it commemorative mural. Okay, so, <laughs> so he's done this, right? But then what he hasn't told us is the poster or picture of Nicol Bolas is actually holding a smaller picture. It's like a wanted poster and it's just burning tree emissary with a big like X through it and like a big reward. So, he likes Nicol Bolas and equally has his large hatred for the best card in his store. Yes, that's that's absolutely correct. And, uh, uh, you know, Conan Hawk, you made, you made a, a comment in our chat as well. But I, I will admit, yes, I also have uh, a, 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 a Nicol Bolas body pillow. Uh, you know, it's that's that's just it just it's a, it's more of like a security blanket than anything else. I just can't get to sleep without it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, besides playing something like Grixis Body Pillow, which now I'm going to make a deck that <laughs> revolves oh, yeah. around that. <laughs> it's a Wait, you, you can make a commander deck. A, bo a body pillow commander deck has to be the same as like a group hug. Yeah, deck, it's right? going to be a Grixis yeah. group hug deck, but I'm going to call it, I'm gonna call it Grixis, Grixis Body Pillow. <laughs> That's what we're going to do with that one. But if you're not playing Grixis Body Pillow in Historic, Conan Hawk, what are you bringing to an event this weekend? So my deck is very similar to Carolyn's deck. Basically, I played it on stream the last time I streamed Arena. Uh, I had started with Marty Vehicles. Then I kind of went to like this hidden stockpile Marty Sacrifice deck, and nothing felt really all that great. This deck was a deck uh, quite a while back, and basically it's mono red aggro that splashes a little bit of black. And the reason I wanted to do that, or the reason they did it before, was because of Scrap Heap Scrounger, unlicensed disintegration and and fatal push but now you also get the addition of Thoughtseize, and i i think that adds a lot to the deck uh it does make it a little bit slower so it is a little bit of the worry uh it, it doesn't hit as hard as say like the mono red or hit as fast i guess as the mono red deck but i think the addition of of thought helps if there was to be something kind of like a busted combo uh just giving you some more disruption on the way i i think i that, that's like one of the reasons i like this deck also if people start playing more sweepers you can get your Heart of Kirin uh, as like a way to do burst damage or haste damage, I guess. I I, that, I had a lot of success with it. Um, basically, I think I think I played something like eight games or eight matches with it when eight zero. Yeah, it felt really good. So that's what I would bring this weekend. And you can actually find the list on my Twitter if you want to if you want to find it. So that's at a Conan Hawk. Absolutely, you can find that as well. So a couple of aggro decks that we see on that side of things. And now, Sean. Is aggro good just because maybe when, you know, first week or so, two weeks, when a new set comes out, aggro usually, right, it takes control a while to find its way there. So something tells me that you are on that Azorius train. You're going to be bringing some Azorius control, something of that nature. What are you bringing this weekend? 
Close, Brasky. Let me bring you down to Sean's used car emporium, all right? We have Gregor Kowalski's blue black gear hole control here. So it looks pretty similar to what we actually had in standard when the deck Caroline posted was like a lot legal. I mean, when Hazaret and Earthshaker Kenra, <clears throat> what was the three drop the that exerted? What was the name of that card? On Crab Crasher. On Crasher. Caroline was muted, but I could read her lips. But hold on. I just want to rest in peace the actual three drop that got banned, <laughs> which was... The yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is also legal now. So when Caroline's deck was legal and standard the first time around, this blue-black deck was also pretty good. So we get a lot of the same hits. Uh, Fatal Push making a notable return. Uh, we had, you know, knockoff Fatal Push and Blood Chief's Thirst. Yeah. So now we have full-priced Fatal Push again. That'll be nice. <laughs> uh, we have... Uh, some sensors, some essence scatters, like, you know, normal can stuff. We, can we talk about the concept of a card that only costs one mana being <laughs> described as full price? <laughs> Did we have a version that cost half a yeah. mana? Yeah, so Blood Chief's Thirst, when you cast it one for, like, the black, is half price. When you kick it, it's full price. No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's not like you're paying more. No, for the it. first one is full price, and anyone Wait, you're exactly paying more for it. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's ever again references that most people won't get, but anyone who's seen the late '90s movie Contact will understand why pay for one when you can buy two for twice the price. That is what Kicker is in a nutshell, and that's what that yeah. card is. Brass, right, I don't think... recognize that reference. I'm only 27. So. Uh, I was gonna have. I was gonna have. Me, you, and Caroline all in unison go, I'm only 27. Yeah, I also didn't recognize that. But yeah, then we have like some, we have a couple of new, like new additions and quotations that the deck didn't have the first time around. Uh, two copies of Narset Parter avails, some of the new dual face cards, some couple Salundi Visions, Seagate Restoration. But Get to the combo, my friend. Oh, Get right to the combo. Peace to resistance. The ratatouille of this French restaurant is torrential gear hulk and commit memory combined with Narset Partervilles. Now, if no one has played with this combo ever in their entire life, first of all, register this deck. First of all, what have you been doing with your life? Yeah. <laughs> Get it to play. And then here's what happens your Narset uh, makes it so they can't draw any extra cards, but commit memory is like, Hey dog, you're gonna draw seven cards, but Narset's like wagging her finger, like, nah, you ain't gonna do that, dog. So you draw zero cards with commit memory. One card with commit memory. Thank you very much. Yeah, true, true, true. Unless you do it with your yeah, I could do it. I could do it in your draw step. Sure, but you um, still end up. The person will end up with one card in their hand no matter what. Not if I do it. Not if I. Draw oh, not if you're doing the draw step. Yeah. Okay. So the reason this combo works is commit is an instant, even though. Memory is a sorcery. Gear Hulk doesn't care. Gear Hulk's like, yo, commit memory is an instant, so I'm going to let you cast it. And they're like, JK, I'm going to cast memory, and you don't draw any cards. I draw seven, and the game's over, probably. Because I also have a five, six in play. I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing as you're running down this thing, I'm picturing an actual torrential Gear Hulk saying mm -hmm. that exact phrase in that exact voice. Like this massive, you know, laboring thing running around being like, yeah, I'm gonna let you cast instance. Be like, yeah, okay. That's something that a gear hulk would say to me. Sure. 
Why not? That's yeah. fine. The, the only thing missing from this deck is Gyarich Sanitarium with like the slow like chokehold that the deck could sometimes do when it was in stand when it, the version I play in Pioneer has uh Gyarich Sanitarium plus uh Narset. So not getting that's kind of a bummer, but the commit memory knockout punch is why the deck's super sweet. Also you got Shark Typhoon, who doesn't like to, you know, make a giant shark. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Shark Typhoon is is bay in a lot of different ways. I think see, and that's why another reason why I would want to play that card. Oh no, we're gonna get DMC eight or whatever it's called. <laughs> we're getting we're getting a cease to desist as we speak because of our, our dulcet tones repeating shark uh, the baby shark song, which I would do because I would find a way to put Shark Typhoon into the oh. deck that I would bring this week, and that would probably most likely be mm, some Jeskai control. That's what <clears throat> I'd be doing right now. I would basically just take the Jeskai control that already existed and then hear me out, hear me out. Let's add some other friends to this super friends party. We already had Narset, as Sean talked about in his deck. Maybe I have some Teferi here of Dominaria, because of course we do. And then throw in some mm, Sahili, maybe throw Chandra Torch of Defiance in there, give us some Yorion blink action, and the next thing you know, well, all I'm going to be doing is blinking, bringing back, blink, blink, maybe I'll Wrath. Then I'll blink some more, and then I'll blink back some more. Next thing you know, rats. your opponent has left left you. Yes, like, and then and then my opponent has walked away. I'm still blinking, still wrathing, still blinking and wrathing. And the next thing like, I know, all my opponents wrote me. Does I know, know what happened. Why did my? And then I run out of time, and I go oh three because I ran out of time. But that doesn't matter because I still played the Jeskai way that I wanted to. That is what I would be bringing is Jeskai control to uh, to this knife fight, which probably is not the best way to go, but. It's it's a deck I love to play, especially in these like in historic slash slash standard in some of these in some in these types of formats. I find myself always going back to Jeskai Control because it's one of my OG favorite decks to play. So you're bringing a pool noodle to a knife fight? Yes, but it's a blinking pool noodle. Well, it's a sky noodle. I well, it's a sky noodle if we're being if we're being honest about it. And if I wasn't doing that, I have heard that like a good version of this deck is to take the red cards out and put the good black cards in and just start playing uh, and just play Esper Control in that way because in the, one of the comments I've seen about Esper Control is that with the exception of Three Fairy which is now banned in Historic it is very similar to an Esper deck that you would find in Pioneer like we're starting to see like people are starting to be like oh you know this is kind of like a Pioneer deck but we just got to sub some cards out and put them in and see what happens with them that is what I would bring to a competitive event this week. And of course, since I am the most competitive player of all uh, four people on this podcast, you should probably listen to my advice. I'm just throwing that out there right now. You should probably go with the uh, the Jessica control and not any of the none of those none of those fancy aggro decks and uh, none of those combo we uh, blue black decks. You go with go with the Jessica friends. You can't. That's, that's what they always say about Bomat Career. <laughs> it's really fancy. <laughs> one one with. For one with haste, but it has an ability, which Listen, makes it really fancy. Everyone's <laughs> got to do a job. Don't make fun of the mailman. You need your mail just as much as anyone else, okay? It might not be fancy, but he's always there for you. Rain, Hazret, burning land, mountains, yeah. swamps, he's there. Rain, shine, yeah. fire, it's all its all around for us right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, a, that's what we would do if we were going into an historic event this week. But we want to know if you were going to play something in a historic event this weekend, or really any time, what decks interest you in the historic format? And let us know 
by tweeting at us at Swigoy Gaming. You can always do that at Swigoy Gaming on Twitter. Of course, you can find out more about the Magic team and all of the other competitive games that we play as well from Hearthstone to Valorant and otherwise at Swigoy.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com and learn all about those different competitive teams. But also, don't forget to also let us know what you think of this podcast by subscribing, leaving us a review, be it just stars or actually an in-words review as well that we can always take to heart and make this podcast better. And before we sign off, I want to know from my co-host, what is it that they're going to do to get better at the game of magic this week? And where can people find them doing that? Sean, let's start with you. Yeah. I mean, this week I will be still continuing my delve into modern with Nick, maybe playing some pioneer with Eric. I know that he's been playing a lot of preliminaries, so I might join him on one of those. Um, other than that, I really played too much. Was there a historic brawl that I saw next week? It's coming up very soon, my friend. Yeah. Nope, nope they canceled it. Nope. Okay, okay. Nope. Nope. Uh, get some historic brawl. I know the Spagoy team is known far and wide for the competitive brawl scene we have here, so got to get my decks ready to go. Is the far and the wide our Discord? Pretty yeah, much. I think so. You see how many chat? You see how many like little rooms we have here? That's pretty wide, I'd say. Tens of on. people, tens, tens of listeners. It's all, it's all at least 150 members in our Discord. Yeah. So that's a lot. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. At Mr. Toolshed, did it. And twitch.tv slash Mr. Toolshed. Right now, I'll probably be streaming Genshin Impact, honestly, uh, this week. So come check that out, I guess. And then tweet at me if you want me to play this blue-black control deck. I'm sure we might do that as well. Love it. That's why I love to hear. Eric, what are you going to be doing to get better at the game this week? Yeah, so like I hinted at the beginning of the podcast, basically uh, figuring out if I want to play... Moto, if like that's like something that makes me want to play Magic more. So playing some tournaments, uh, like Sean said, I played the uh, Pioneer Preliminary yesterday or today, actually. Sorry, did pretty well in that. Uh, gonna put that up on the YouTube page. Uh, I don't have that written down. I should probably have done that before the podcast. That's probably would have been smart, but <laughs> you'll be able to find it on my Twitter anyway. I think. But I'll be playing tomorrow's preliminary, which is standard. Got to figure out what I want to play in that. Maybe play some mono green food. Maybe play some uh, gruel or something. Un still a little unsure on that. Uh, but yeah, playing playing moto uh, for the most part. The the, un the fortunate thing about moto is that the tournaments like basically have this like big period of downtime because I finish all my matches in five minutes or less basically. Uh, so I sit around for about forty five minutes. So it doesn't do super great for streaming. But I'll have to figure out something for that. But anyway, uh, if you do want to, if you do want to follow my recent exploits in Magic, you can follow me on Twitter at, or sorry, at Conan Hawk. Possibly get the Twitch back up and running, but first we'll get the YouTube going. So I'll have a link on my on my Twitter. So just check that out. Awesome. And Caroline, what are you doing to get better at the game this week? So my goal this week is to qualify for the SCG Tour uh, PTQ on Sunday by playing some of the satellite events on Friday evening or and or Saturday. Um, I did originally have something scheduled for Saturday, but it was removed or canceled. So I actually don't have a ton of scheduled programming coming up, which is kind of nice. A little bit of a break um, because I do have the Zendikar Rising Champs coming up. So probably a good time to start practicing. And then you can find me on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y. <laughs> I couldn't find it for a second. Okay. <laughs> Y-L-I-N-G-Y-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at the Mighty Linguini, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash the Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays and Saturdays. On Wednesdays, I always have a magic guest, but we don't always play magic. And on Saturdays, I kill people on my stream. Not, I mean, figuratively, not literally. I refuse to 
clarify. Hey, you know, dealer's choice. That's fine with me. That you, you, you gotta check really out the stream to find out. Not to clarify. <laughs> tune in, tune in this week to find out. Yeah. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky eleven forty two. And for me, I am basically going to be. It's it's been a busy week two weeks at work putting a bunch of different stuff together in my in the real life world so uh that hopefully eases up starting around you know thursday friday when the holidays start coming up things start slowing down a little bit in a good way for me so i'm looking forward to really digging into uh, the historic format and a lot of things i want to play in there and hopefully find a time to actually play in one of these qualifiers not with the expectation that i'm going to win but just the expectation i'm going to do it that's kind of what i'm feeling from that perspective but always looking forward to doing that and we look forward to seeing all of y'all Next week, as we, well, I guess every every couple weeks when we, when we uh, release this podcast, as we switch to more of a, a bi-weekly format as well. But we always want to see y'all around whenever we make new episodes to deal with the wonderful side of magic and, of course, the gathering. Have a great one, everyone. Goodbye. Later, y'all. Sean, we didn't hear you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. We couldn't end that podcast without it. My goodness.